Hey cuz, welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is, the show that takes a closer look at songs from the rock and roll era, and we check out some of the stories behind those songs, and today, we're going traveling with Bobby McGee. How good it is. Hi there, I'm Claude Cole, and I miss my mom. Trivia, right after this. In the Key of Q is a new podcast series featuring music and conversation with queer musicians from around the world. Musicians like Soulful, Ty McKinney. Musicians like suburban pop king Matt Fischel. And musicians like rapper Theism. That's In the Key of Q, available on all the usual podcast providers. Go check it out. He puts a cool lens on stuff, but it's not a single-issue program. You'll enjoy it. It is trivia time, and once again, the folks at The Sound of Vinyl have done the research, so I don't have to. So here's the question. What is the track by Johnny Cash that has been covered more than any other? I gotta say, I did manage to guess this one, so it might not be that tough. But I will have that answer for ye at the end of the show. Today we're talking about the song Me and Bobby McGee, a tune written by Chris Christopherson and made popular by Janis Joplin when it was released shortly after her death. And while it's pretty common knowledge that the song was written by Chris Christopherson, what you might not know is that neither Christopherson nor Joplin were the first to record and release the song. In fact, Christofferson was somewhere around, ooh, fourth or fifth in line. But for the bigger story, as usual, we need to back up just a wee bit. Music producer Fred Foster had a songwriter friend named Boudlow Bryant. Bryant, along with his wife Felice, is the writer behind the hits All I Have to Do is Dream, Bye Bye Love, and Wake Up Little Susie for the Everly Brothers, not to mention Love Hurts, which he was the solo writer for, for, and that was a hit for Roy Orbison and for the hard rock band Nazareth. At any rate, Foster went to visit Bryant, and Bryant teased him that the only reason he came to visit was so that he could see Bryant's secretary, a woman named Barbara McKee, with a K. And while Barbara was her given name, everyone called her Bobby. Now, how Bobby was spelled is kind of up for debate. Bryant might have been a little bit correct in that. Uh, Foster might, in fact, have had a little crush on Bobby. But the joke stuck in his mind enough that when Foster called Christofferson on the phone one night afterward, he made a suggestion to the songwriter that he write a song called Me and Bobby McKee. But that's all Foster had, was a title and nothing else. There was also an idea that the listener would be led to believe that Bobby was a male and then the character turns out to be female, but apparently that notion didn't really last. At any rate, Christofferson heard McGee rather than McKee, and the name stuck. Christofferson said initially he spent some time avoiding Foster because he had trouble writing on assignment and he didn't have any ideas at first. Every time it rains, a lot of In an interview with Performing Songwriter magazine in 2008, Christofferson said that there was a Mickey Newberry song going through his head and that he kind of liked the rhythm, so he started working in that meter. That song was called Why You Been Gone So Long, and that's what you're hearing right now. So this was the tempo he was originally working in. Christofferson said he was also influenced by the Fellini film La Strada. In the film, Anthony Quinn is traveling about on a motorcycle, and he's got a feeble-minded girl with him who plays the trombone. 
Quinn's character finally can't put up with her anymore, and he abandons her by the side of the road while she's sleeping. Later in the film, he sees a woman hanging laundry, and she's singing the melody that the girl with the trombone used to play. When he asks her where, he, where she heard the song, she tells him that there was a little girl who showed up in town, and nobody knew where she'd come from, and later on she died. That night, Quinn goes to a bar, gets drunk, and gets into a fight. He ends up on the beach, howling at the stars. Now, Christofferson said that the feeling conveyed at the end of the film helped him to structure the song. He changed some of the details to make it an American setting, but the intimacy of the idea stayed behind. Christofferson explained in that interview that freedom becomes a double-edged sword. Quinn's character was free when he left the girl, but it also destroyed him in the end. And that's what's at the heart of the line. Freedom's just another word for nothing left to lose. Now, as I mentioned earlier, the song was meant to use the name Bobby as a gender twist kind of gag, but that fell by the wayside. However, the relative neutrality of the name Bobby means that the song can be sung by either sex with only minor changes in the lyrics, so it's become a popular song to sing. In fact, as I also mentioned earlier, neither Christofferson nor Joplin were the first to record it. No, that distinction went to Roger Miller, who released his version in 1969, and it went to number 12 on the Billboard Country Chart. Check out his transition to the first iteration of the chorus. Interesting, right? The next recording came from Kenny Rogers when he was still with the first edition. The song appeared on the Ruby Don't Take Your Love to Town album, but so far as I know, it wasn't released as a single. In 1970, Gordon Lightfoot released his version, which went to the top of the Canadian country chart. I took my harpoon out of my dirty red bandana And was blowing sad while Bobby sang the blues With all the windshield And that same year, Christofferson recorded it for his own debut album. This version also appeared in Monty Hellman's film Two Lane Blacktop, and you can see Christofferson singing it in the Dennis Hopper film called The Last Movie. Here's some of his version from that album with a odd little beginning on it. If it sounds country, man, that's what it is. It's a country song. Yeah, okay. Well, one, two, three, four. One, two, three, four. Busted flat in Baton Rouge Heading for the trains Feeling nearly faded as my jeans 
Bobby thumbed a diesel Bobby down Just before it just rained before it rain, the road Took us all the way to New Orleans I pulled my harp and a minor dear red bandana I was playing soft while Bobby sang the blues <laughs> When she walked her slapping time I was holding Bobby's hand in mine We sang every song that Javin knew Now, according to a 2009 article in Rolling Stone, Christofferson sang the song for Janis Joplin and singer Bob Newworth, who you might remember as a co-writer on Mercedes-Benz, taught the song to her. Joplin recorded the song just a couple of days before her death, so Christofferson had no idea she had recorded it until the day after she died. He said that producer Paul Rothschild called him over to his office to listen to something Janice had cut, and Christofferson spent the rest of the day wandering on Los Angeles in tears. Joplin's version went huge, making her only the second artist to have a posthumous number one record on the Billboard Hot 100, right behind Otis Redding, and in which only five other artists have done, although of those seven artists, two had reached number one previously. That would be Jim Croce and John Lennon. At any rate, the song has been covered lots of times since then, but Joplin's remains pretty much the definitive version. And on a personal note, I think this song is some of Christofferson's best writing, but it absolutely soared in Joplin's hands. Not just for the line about freedom being another word for nothing left to lose, but just the, the imagery he brings forth in lyrics like windshield wipers slapping time. That's got to be one of my favorite lyrics of all time. And the way Joplin just gives you her pain in the line, I trade all my tomorrows for a single yesterday. And then you move into the exuberance of the last third of the song. She really turned it into just plain art. And that's why that recording is in the top third of Rolling Stone's 500 greatest songs of all time. And for what it's worth, when Fred Foster was inducted into the Country Music Hall of Fame in 2016, during which Christofferson performed that song, one of the audience members was a slightly older woman by the name of Barbara McKee. Now it's time to answer our trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you which track by Johnny Cash has been covered more than any other. Well, let me tell you that three tracks are tied for fourth place and two for fifth. So that's half of the list of 10 songs already. So I'm just going to hit you with the top three. None of these are going to come as a surprise to you, but the order might. In the number three position, we have Folsom Prison Blues with 29 covers. At number two, with 46 covers, it's Ring of Fire. So if you hadn't previously, you've probably already guessed that the number one Johnny Cash song for covers is I Walk the Line. 
99 covers were recorded. A Boy Named Sue, Jackson, Sunday Morning Coming Down, none of them even made the top 10. And the number 10 song was only covered four times. So I guess most Johnny Cash songs stay Johnny Cash songs. And that, my friend, is a full lid on another edition of How Good It Is. If you're enjoying the show, please take the time to share it with someone and maybe even leave a rating somewhere. And now you can support the show over at patreon.com slash howgooditis. If you want to get in touch with the show, you can email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com or you can follow the show on Twitter or Instagram at howgooditis. You can also visit, like, and follow the show's Facebook page at facebook.com slash howgooditispod or you can check out the show's website, howgooditis.com, where you might find a few extra bits. Thanks, as usual, to Podcast Republic for featuring the show next time around. We're going to find out how good it is when we look at a couple of songs made possible by Janis Joplin's recording of Me and Bobby McGee. Are you confused by that? You won't be for long. Thank you for listening. I'll talk to you next time. How good it is. Okay, I've seen my playback statistics, so it's pretty much just you and me now. How good it is is a labor of love and a lot of fun to produce, and I'm happy to see it growing, but the fact is, it costs me money to put this show out on the web, and as the number of listeners goes up, so do the costs. I pledged from the beginning that I would keep this an ad-free show, which means I'm bearing most of the cost myself. I hate asking for money, mostly because I'm not very good at it, but I'm asking you to consider becoming a patron of the show. For $5 a month, you would be helping me to maintain some of the costs of hosting the show and the website and all the subscription services that I belong to in order to get audio clips and research materials. If just 2% of my listeners become supporters of the show, that would just about cover most of my costs. And for that support, you'd get the weekly newsletter. That appears every week, whether there's a new show or not. Please take a look at patreon.com slash howgooditis, or if you'd rather not go through Patreon, Email me at howgoodpodcast at gmail.com and I'll outline some alternatives for you. And thanks for your help. How-